And then we got through a rip at Bathurst on the weekend. Oh, we did too. We're, the cars. We're moving on to bikes now. We're, we are. Philip Island uh, is the host of the Australian Moto G, Moto GP uh, for this weekend. And after two years of no Philip Island action, uh, it returns. And to talk to us about it is Australian motorsport and motorbike legend. And uh, he does a fair bit of uh, 4 by 4 and adventures these days. And that's Daryl Beattie. G'day, Daz. Afternoon, crew. How are you? Oh, we're fantastic, mate. Uh, how, how, do, how do we find you on this uh, wonderful, you know, sort of Wednesday evening? Uh, I'm back home. I live in the inland of the Gold Coast. I've been away for uh, the last seven weeks doing... I do motorcycle tours all over Australia now, but I've been back the last... Um, couple of days i spent seven weeks in cape york so i've met um some great customers from all over australia that we get and uh while i was away on that trip i got a message saying that uh network 10 were going to do moto gp this weekend from phillip island just the one round so um i haven't done moto all year as as you're well aware it was um it all went on to fox sports but yeah i'm excited excited to do the weekend so you'll be heading heading down for the weekend? I'll be heading down Friday. Yep. Uh, I get the pleasure on Friday night to do a dinner with Honda, uh, which includes um, a few of the riders. Marquez is one of those, mm. which is really exciting. And then I'll be in the studio Saturday and Sunday. Sam Charles will, will, will be our man on the ground there. And, and since your uh, riding days, what sort of, sort of connection have you still held apart from the commentary side of things, have you still held with uh, with the sport? Um, there's still quite a few, you can call them old guys now, can't you? Because I, I haven't been there since 97. So um, spread through the paddock. So I keep in touch with a lot of those guys. Um, amazingly, on some of our tours, Jeremy Burgess, who you would both know, uh, Jack and was that... Um, was engineer for Valentino Rossi and Mick Doohan. Um, he turns up on some of our tours and just plods along, and he's got great connections. So, yeah, it's nice to stay in touch. I'm not in touch as much as I used to be, but uh, enough to, you know, keep that excitement and hear what's going on behind the scenes sometimes. And you're obviously still all over sort of the motorbike world. Uh, we were lucky enough in studio here. We had a local boy, you might know him, Daniel Sanders, that does the... Uh, the uh, Dakar riding? Yeah, I do. I um, He did a little show in the early days when I did that. Isn't he a chemist? Oh, he uh, could be. I don't no, know. Sure. He's done the crazy thing, the Isle of Man, like you've done. He's a pretty smart cookie. <laughs> yeah, he's very, very bright. He's a, he's a local legend up here. Yeah, yeah, not not smart doing the Isle of Man, but he's a smart cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've done the Isle of Man, haven't you? No, I've no. been there and watched oh. and drunk beer in the pub. That's as far as I'm going to say. Well, how, how do you rate that? Given uh, what you what you you've done in your career, how do you rate sort of watching that? It's extraordinary. Um, it's not something I would do, and I guess it's been controversial over the early days, wasn't it? You know, when Sheeny and it used to be a part of the World Championship, uh, and then it sort of got taken off the calendar just purely because of the danger and. You know, you look where we are today with circuits and safety. So, it, it, you know, it was probably a good thing. But as far as um, the TT goes and stands on its own two feet, it's an extraordinary, amazing event. But um, 
yeah, it's, we certainly lose a few there every year as well, though, which is a bit sad. It definitely is. If, mm. if we go back to your riding career, you were up against, obviously, some of the greats and in that era, just performing at the top level yourself. What do you sort of look back on and, and sort of remember about those days? Um, I was only just talking to customers about it the other day and it was probably not really so much focused on the racing and the years that I spent in Europe uh, on the world circuit, which was just on six years. Um, but I think as a young bloke, and at the time I probably what didn't embrace it as much as I needed to, but um, when I first left Australian Shores when I was about 19, um, I rode for the factory, which is Honda Racing Corporation in those days, and I sort of based myself out of Japan on and off for a few years. And, you know, as a young bloke, it was probably a bit tough at first being away and living in Japan, but, you know, I'm in, in I'm turned 52 this year, and I look back at that, and I just, I think those years in Japan, um, the riding I did in Japan, it was quite a good championship in those days, and working directly with the factory, even before I got to the world circuit, was, um, you know, they're probably some of my most fondest memories, and I made some great friends from, you know, staff at Honda through to Japanese riders. And you did, you took on the world, um, going into the world championship, Ship um, with some yeah some huge names. Uh, are they names that you still sort of see around the paddock? Um, yeah, like Swans was my teammate um, at Suzuki in '95 uh, when I finished second in the World Championship behind McDoon. Um, yeah, everyone's pretty busy these days, but you know, Mick doesn't live far from me. But uh, he's young bloke, as you would know, is mm-hmm. racing in Europe in cars, so he's there and. He's got business interests, so, you know, when we see each other, it's hi, how you going, which is normally at a MotoGP event or a Formula One event, but, um, yeah, very different to the days when we're racing, we're all really close and travelling in a paddock together like one big family, you sort of, once it finishes, everyone sort of disperses off to do what they've got to do, and we have families, and, and we get busy. And it was such a good time for Australian riders, but uh, we, we've have we've obviously had some great ones since with Casey, and uh, now Jack's hitting some form. How, how do we see Jack's form at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I had a you know a good look at his season so far, and you and you look at the um, the World Championship classification, and and you look at his year as a whole. You know, he sits as you guys mentioned at the top of the show. There's you know, going to the Phillip Island this weekend, there's five riders within 40 points, and Jack's the fifth one of, of those riders, and also um, the top two are only apart by two points. But, you know, you look at his year, and I guess he started his year um, not so good with a DNF in, in Qatar at the first round of the championship, and he's had a bit of an up-and-down year, you know, a couple of DNFs, you know, after that summer break, it was a bit quiet, but... If you look at his press releases and what he said, you know, the San Marino Grand Prix, he scored no points. Um, he was outside the top 15. But from that test that he did there onwards, so you, you'd say the last three rounds, but definitely the last two rounds where he had a win in Japan and second at the last event in Thailand has been strong. But it's been a bit of an up-and-down year. Um, you know, and I think not Jack's not... You know the lone soldier and that as well. It's I think as a championship when you really start to dissect it, it's extraordinary how many 
DNF the top guys that you know, including Quattrera and Bagnara, have had for the year, uh, and they're fighting for the championship. You know, you you have won DNF in the past, and mm. it was hard to claw that back. So it's extraordinary in that way. Why is it like that? I don't know. There's questions I'll probably ask over the weekend to find that out. Why there is so many DNFs and people are still at the pointy end. Um, but yeah, it's it's the the racing as a whole on MotoGP. It's been been phenomenal, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All, all racing uh, that we've got going at the moment. I mean, are you a fan of the the cars? Are you a fan of the Formula Ones or or, or the Bathurst? Um, I, I like all forms of motorsport. Uh, Formula One, you know, being honest, I've probably tuned out a little bit. I haven't found it as exciting the last few years. But you know, I, I do watch bits and pieces of it. Bathurst, you always watch Bathurst, especially the last hour. Um, yeah, and it was great to watch that intense battle at the end of Bathurst with um, with with the gears, you know, the pressure that he was under mm. um, and handled it extraordinarily well. So, and, you know, he's an amazing talent, isn't he, when you look at the different disciplines that he's doing right now that's obviously keeping his driving sharp, but he's been able to change from tarmac to dirt and all the things he does at some um, it's great to see. That was my next question. We've seen him rally. Uh, we've seen him race. He'll probably go on to uh, NASCAR, perhaps, but can we see him on a motorbike? He's a bit too tall, a bit too big, I think. Yeah, and I think in the past you sort of find that four-wheel to two-wheels is a bit harder a transition. You know, Michael Schumacher was doing a bit in German superbikes and trying to make that transition. He was pretty quick, but you know, to find that last bit's hard unless you're growing up with it, whereas... You've sort of seen two-wheel guys go to four wheels and be successful, um, you know, in, in Formula One. Uh, there's been World Championships won and uh, certainly in touring cars in Europe with Chicago and guys like that. But, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. But I, I think, you know, two wheels or four wheels, we all, we all like it. We do, we do. Uh, now, I've just got a couple of questions from a, a good friend, uh, you know, Lockie, who is uh, a massive um, motorbike fan, and uh, he goes to the Australian Grand Prix religiously. Uh, every Has he got a mullet? Uh, yeah, oh, does he have? I don't. No, I, think I think he's had a cut. I think he's had a cut off, unfortunately. Yeah, but he used to. Yeah, no. It oh, he fits right in down yeah, there. No, don't, don't worry. He he fits into the motorbike motorbike community definitely. Uh, but uh, he's got. Um, he's missed out last two years, so he's looking forward to it uh, for this year. So uh, he asked questions. Um, so uh, Wayne Gardner's son Remy. Uh, yep. He's moved to the World Superbikes, and uh, what's your thoughts on him not getting a ride on the grid next year? Considering the bloke that they are bringing up from Moto Two, his times compared to Remy's last year on average slower. Yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I think you just got to look at the current results. Um, I've never been a team owner, but Remy sits twenty third in the championship. Um, do you employ, you know, and this has been harsh, but do you employ a guy that sits 23rd in the championship um, for the following year? Yes, his teammate's 24th, so he's better than his teammate. But um, I think the bit that probably, and Remy would know more than me, but my guess is with Suzuki pulling out of Grand Prix, um, you've got two pretty talented guys there that are, that are that have been going pretty good, certainly in news now going to Honda, but um, there's more bums and seats right now, and I think he's just there at an unfortunate time. Uh, he needed, you know, he's only a rookie this year. 
in fairness, he probably another year would have been better for him to show that he's true potential. But in saying that, I think he's going to have a much better career uh, and a better success rate going to WSBK. And that racing right now is phenomenal. No, it certainly is. Uh, I also ask uh, young Joel Kelso. Uh, is, yeah. is the motor He's a good little talent, isn't he? Yes, no, very good. Tell us about him. Um, I don't know a lot about him, but extraordinarily, that one of the last groups I had on my tours were all from Coffs Harbour. Right. And they know, jo- they know Joel well, yeah. and um, they support him. They're all actually riding to Phillip Island motorbikes from Coffs Harbour. And, um, yeah, we sort of spoke a bit about him while we were away on tour. But yeah, he's, he's. I think if any, you see any Australian in the points in Moto Three, we know Jack Miller fought for a world title in Moto Three, uh, like Casey Stoner. But um, you know, I think to see his results, he finished twelfth at the last round um, in Thailand, which is I think absolutely excellent. He's um, looks like he could be changing teams for next year. So yeah, really looking forward to showing a little bit more of Joel because we don't see a lot of him here in Australia through the international feed um, but with with Sam Charbel down on the ground at Phillip Island on the weekend and um, the boys that were just away with getting some more information it would be good to show a bit more of him on the TV screen this weekend which will be good but yeah great little talent. Now I've got a uh, question too it's probably something my dad would want to know what are you riding uh, on the dirt to start with and on the road f- Secondly, what are you riding at the moment? Uh, the moment I run two bikes in our fleet. Uh, the first one's a CRF 450L, which we use sort of Cape York and in the deserts. And then we also use a bigger venture bike, C- uh, Africa Twin, the CRF 1100. And to go further than that, I've got a, an old CB750 I've been around in on the road sometimes. Nice. And I not long ago restored an XR75 uh, K4, and I've also uh, got my original RM50 uh, 1979 model wow. that I bought on TV. That's how I started riding motorbikes. One of those. There you go. I'm tipping until you got a nice car. What's, what's your favourite car sitting there at the moment? Uh, my favourite car is my split string combi U. Ah, very <laughs> um, cool. And I drive a Ram Ute, but I don't like it. Uh, all right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's the petrol. It's 1,500. So when I tow my 4.5 tonne trailer for my tours, uh, <laughs> it burns about 39 litres a hundred. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Go. Fair enough. Uh, now, let's preview uh, the weekend, mate. Uh, we're talking to Daryl Beattie, of course, the uh, ex-Australian uh, superstar motor, motorbike uh, rider. Um, tell us about this weekend. Uh, wh- wh- what are you expecting uh, to win it and, uh, and uh, you know, sort of all that? Um. It's a difficult one to predict who's going to win, but you would think, you know, Jack's coming off good form, like we just spoke about. Uh, you look at the forecast for the weekend, it looks like it's going to be mixed conditions, which is typical island, blowing and cold um, with a bit of rain around. So, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm biased. I've got to back the Australians. So a wet Moto3 race for Joel Keslow, shouldn't we go for him? And, Absolutely. Um, Jack Miller to win. Moto GP, so it's um, but I think the island as always throws up mixed conditions, which as we've seen in flag to flag races and those races in the past, 
it's exciting. It's difficult for the riders, but it's exciting for the viewers. Am I correct by saying that you rode in the first uh, Phillip Island Grand Prix? I rode in 1989, correct. 80, yes, yes, yeah, yes. On, a, on a 250. Right. So on Australia, yes. Tell us the conditions and what it's like to ride on it and how is, how is it different compared to other um, sort of tracks around the world? Well, I guess because it's so exposed mm. to the ocean and Bass Strait there, the winds that come off and up the face there, are, you know, it, it's really difficult and the power of the bikes on the crest of the, the hills trying to keep them straight as the wind tries to blow the front wheel out from under you, um, you know, well over 200 kilometres an hour heading down through into turn four um, and coming onto the straight, depending where the wind's coming, if it's a headwind, trying to get it turned to get onto the straight and get the power down, it wants to push you wide. It's it's quite a challenge and I would imagine these days, you know, 20 years on from when I was doing it, it would be even more difficult now with the aero that we see on the bikes with the wings um, you know, they don't like that turbulence and, and that sort of wind, so that's probably something we'll hear a bit more about on the weekend as well. Absolutely. And uh, heading down there yourself, uh, yeah, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, catching up with a few friends, looking forward to doing the interview with Mark Marquez. He's always mm-hmm. a great chat and um, happy to see people at the dinner, so... Um, but you know, all in all, just just a fantastic weekend of racing, and I and I, I hope that the weather's reasonably kind to everyone because I would expect after two years and no racing at Phillip Island, we might see some big crowds like you mentioned back in that we had in 1989, which would be fantastic. No, it certainly would, Daryl. Certainly would. Hey, mate, we'll leave it there. Uh, but uh, good luck uh, on the weekend, mate. Uh, you'll be reporting for Channel Ten, so make sure we'll be all watching uh, your performance. Uh, but um, hopefully have a great weekend, mate, and uh, uh, and hopefully we stay in touch and get you on again. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Was. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thank you. There we go. Daryl Beatty, uh, former Australian uh, motorcycle legend, motorbike legend.